Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rena Merchant, joined by Anthony Irwin for a show that I wish was not called I Love Basketball Today, but here we are. Uh, the Lakers just lost to the Sacramento Kings 125 to 116. It was it was gross. This is what I'm gonna say about it. There was a gross game of basketball, particularly in the second half, and I am not pleased by the fact that we have to watch 40 more of these games. So that's where I stand right now, Anthony. How are you? <laughs> I can't take credit for this because we had so many people, uh, you know, making this joke in our mentions. This is the I loathe basketball. Podcast, ah, right? there we go. Like this is this is where this is, you know, and on nights like this, like losing to the Kings is bad enough. Sure. Right. Like it just it just sucks, you know, Um and and like maybe that's why I am as reactionary as I am tonight. Like where where like, like I legitimately thought to myself tonight, Sabrina, that I think the Lakers would be better off with any other Laker getting those late minutes than Russ. Like it's not it's not like a you know see if you could trade him and get like a decent player. It's like no <laughs> t- trade him and. And to clear his salary and yeah. stop playing. <laughs> I don't even care about his salary. Like, I <laughs> I don't even care. I don't think, like, tonight in the fourth quarter and in the third quarter, like, basically the second half, he wasn't a good basketball player, nah, right? Not. Like, he was just bad. And and on both sides of the ball, you know, there, mm-hmm. was, a, there was a play, uh, I believe it was in the third quarter, where there was a long rebound and he's standing there on the sideline. And I think De'Aaron Fox saved it. The ball was bouncing towards Russ and De'Aaron Fox saved it, saved it right over the top of Russ's head to a shooter standing right next to Russ and Russ at no point there even like moved his hands, you know? And, and that's, that's him. I wish he would have that kind of apathy on offense because because he would just get out of the way. (laughs) You know, I, 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 again, it might just be like the way that they lost, you know, they were up double digits to Mm -hmm. Sacramento and, and maybe it stings that much more because you're watching buddy healed on the other sideline. And you're always, I'm always going to be sitting there wondering, I am always comparing Russell Westbrook and buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe, you know, and, and all of this is contextual and, and, and all of this is kind of circumstantial, but, but this is again, one of those games that, even his most like ardent defenders can't sit there and say he isn't the problem. He is like, I'm I'm just going to say it. He's the problem. He's making $44 million. He's playing like a $4 million player. He's like, he's not, he's not, you can't, you can't have production that far away from your cap number. You can't, that's going to kill. Like that's been the case since he got his super max contract everywhere he's been. And now he's like the worst version of himself where he's not super athletic. He still can't shoot and he still makes crap decisions. Like that's where we are with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I compare Russ to healed on a regular basis. And I also find myself just pouring through wizards box scores, looking at KCP. The Lakers traded coups and stuff for a player who is not as good as Kuzma right now. Like I, I've mentally gotten over the Kyle Kuzma at all because I firmly believe he needed a new situation to stretch yeah. his wings. Yeah, he wouldn't uh, be had, this good on the Lakers. I'd okay. gotten on board with him going to Sacramento anyway. 
it's really the Cal- the Cantavius Caldwell Pope part of it because um, you actually mentioned this on Twitter that Russ's mistakes are so loud. And that's mm-hmm. honestly the first thing that I always think of when I think of KCP is that his mistakes are so loud. <laughs> I mean, the guy like fighting tried to, had a baseline dunk today. I'm not the season and like just got hung by the side of the backboard. Like who does that? <laughs> Only KCP. Only KCP. But I miss him. Like that highlight made me so miss him. So much. Because <laughs> that's only like a that's only like a two point L. Yeah. Right. And you like can he, you can bet your ass that KCP after missing that outside of the backboard sprinted back on defense. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that is what KCP does. He runs right. hard on both ends of the floor, which is something that Russell Westbrook does not do. Because the sequence that really encapsulated this whole mess of a night for me was with. 40 seconds left in the third quarter when the Lakers oh. are trailing by six and you're thinking, Oh, okay, well, this is a nice time to like maybe get yeah. two more points before the end perfectly of the quarter set up for a two for one. Yeah. Perfectly set up for a two for one. What is, what does Russ do? Russ realizing that there is a two for one opportunity. So one good thing mm-hmm. takes a wing three as the first shot, which is where I'm going to stop right away and say, not that is not worth a two for one. <laughs> that is objectively <laughs> Because that is, you're punting away one possession, yeah. so you're not getting the two-for-one at this point. Yeah. Not only does he take the wing three. That's, Joe, not, that's Joe Judge QB sneaking for the five on the third and nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he misses the three because, of course, he misses the three. The rebound is so long, he makes no effort to get back on defense. And that's an easy two for Sacramento on the other end. Mm-hmm. Now, an important note here is that there is still more than 24 seconds left on the clock at this point because Russ has mismanaged the time and let them have such a fast possession that you've ruined the two for one opportunity already. And then on the ensuing possession, he has some garbage little thing in the paint that he turns over. Yep. Sacramento again, doesn't hustle back again, does not hustle back. This is all I was watching for. I was like, I don't even care if Sacramento scores on this possession. I'm literally only watching to see if Russell Westbrook crosses half court. He does not cross half court. And lo and behold, no. who is it that hits the three for Sacramento to end the quarter? Buddy. One buddy healed. <laughs> <laughs> who was sprinting hard, by the way. Running like, hard. Yeah. I noticed I noticed him sprinting hard because he ran from one corner mm-hmm. on the other end of the court. To the opposite to wing. The opposite corner. Yeah. Like he he literally like the <laughs> longest route that you can run in the sport. And he did he did so sprinting and he gets, yeah, the wide open three-pointer. Um, you know, Reeves was just kind of screwed on that, but there was nothing he could have done there. Like when you're guarding the ball and the only other passes to the corner, you have to give something up. And I don't mm-hmm. even think he knew that buddy was in the corner. Yeah. So like either you try to coax the pass and you deflect it like that's best case scenario, or you don't see him there and you give up the three. I, I just, I feel bad for Russ. Because on one hand, he didn't ask for all this pressure, right? Like he asked to be traded to the Lakers. Well, but I, but like he, he asked to be traded to the Lakers, but I like, he didn't ask for like the entire season hinging upon his production. Cause that's how it always was going to play out. Mm-hmm. And now this is, this is the thing with the supermax contract is that like all of these guys can ask for that supermax contract. All like that is perfectly within their rights. They have earned it. If a team is willing to give it to them, like Jalen Rose always says, you are worth what a team is willing to pay you. Right. Mm -hmm. But how many teams would be willing to pay Russ $10 million next year? Like, honestly, 
I, I've, I've sat, I've spent way too much time thinking about this, <laughs> like over the course of the year. I don't know what his contract is going to look like next year because he's not going to want to come off the bench. I mean, he's like, opting in gonna... for sure. Well, right, right, or not next year, but after after this yeah. contract, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So after this contract, he'll be a he's year not getting older. the Chris Paul balloon payment over the next four years. Probably it's not. not happening to Russ. Probably not. You know, and 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 so like and and like I I just kind of find myself feeling bad for guys who are the lightning rod. Like I felt bad for Lonzo. I felt bad for D'Angelo Russell. I felt bad for now in this case, Russell Westbrook, where the, the person who is getting the lion's share of the blame is Russ. And I just inherently feel bad for that person. However, it's fair, you know, like it, it, it you can talk about, you know, there are other problems on the roster. There are other issues across the roster, and this is a flawed roster and all of this. But, like, why is it as flawed as it is? Why do they have to lean as heavily as they do on veteran minimum players? And the reason is because they went out and traded for Russell Westbrook. And in order to trade for Russell Westbrook, you now, like, all right, you could say the one fair counter is that they didn't, like, ru- trading for Russell Westbrook didn't have to mean that you let Alex Caruso walk. However, I wish I it, had a counter for how long it takes us to get to Alex Caruso on everyone. Yeah, podcasts. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, because like that's no, you're absolutely right. Trading yeah, for like, Russell Westbrook did mean that much of the roster would have to be filled out with minimum contracts. It did right. not mean that the Lakers had to get rid of Alex Caruso. They they yeah. chose to do that. That was mm-hmm. so in that sense, uh, that is something that, again, like Rob Polinka should should and, and frankly, Jeannie Buss, because of mm-hmm. how much. Uh, leaking and reporting there is on her not wanting to pay for Alex Caruso's contract. And then, you know, I've also heard people from the Lakers say that like Rob undervalued Caruso and that LeBron undervalued Caruso. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like those, all of those things can be true. They didn't want to pay. And the reason that they didn't want to pay is because they undervalued Caruso. Um, And, and like, that is not something that you would point to Russ for. However, it is kind of like, in unintended consequence of the Russ trade, because if you don't trade for Russ, then you don't have as difficult a time with your luxury taxes. Cause you have like, once you trade for Russ, you have 44 million, 44 million Russ, another 40 ish for LeBron, another 40 ish for, for Anthony Davis. Like <laughs> after that, you're going to be in the luxury tax. And, and that's where the Lakers kind of find themselves. And, and it's, and it's because they traded for a player who, was already on a diminished player. Like we've already seen he's dealt with injuries. He uh, was somebody who like Pete and I were talking back and forth on Twitter the other day and how like, you know, the Lakers had to put a D on Russ. And it's like, yeah, but I feel like that's an oversimplification, right? Because they put a D on Russ so that he could go Rover. Like he could, he, he could go rogue. And, and the reason you can go rogue on Russ. And we saw this with Sacramento tonight when he catches the ball at the three point line, especially in a night like tonight where he clearly didn't have it, it, it's like they were actually paying attention to social distancing rules. Like it was like that. They, they were, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Kings were actually paying attention to a scouting report, which would be a bigger deal. Well, that, 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 that is pretty crazy. <laughs> Maybe it was like on accident. They're like, oh, right. we have to stay away from people. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, you know, I could rant and I could ramble forever about this. And, and it is, somewhat of an oversimplification to just say Russ is the problem. Even if you don't want to go that far, he for damn sure hasn't been the solution. Yeah. So 
I mean, obviously Russ is not responsible for the team building because he is not the GM here. I, I don't believe that he had a say in the Caruso situation or, you know, any no. of the major oh, decisions no, that the not. Lakers had this offseason. Um, but I do think we know for a fact that Russ okayed the trade to Los Angeles. The reason why the Wizards were willing to pursue a deal with the Lakers was because Russ gave the go-ahead. So yeah. you know you're coming to the Lakers. You know what playing for the Lakers means. You grew up in L.A. You absolutely know what the pressure of playing in L.A. means. You know that you're going to be playing next to LeBron James. What did you think was going to happen with regards to having the ball in your hands? Like, that's what I don't, that's why I don't have any really sympathy for Russ because yeah, fair. you had to have known the situation you were walking into. And two, like knowing that you're playing with LeBron James, maybe you could play a little defense. <laughs> like maybe you could try to do some other things. Like, I don't know, screen for LeBron once in a while. That, that could be more of a Frank Vogel thing than a Russell Westbrook thing. But yeah, we got to talk just, about that. There's just so many ways that Russell Westbrook could make himself a more useful player. Um, and has not in this particular yeah. situation. Um, but before we get to the screen thing, I do want to talk about uh, Russell Westbrook's Dalian's turnovers because this is going on in our Slack right now. Uh, so Russ had the game with with nine turnovers, right? Yeah. A couple of weeks back. Mm-hmm. And since then has sort of been on like a personal crusade to prove that he doesn't need to turn the ball over. Yeah. Which is so I wonder how, what his assist numbers are since he decided to stop turning the ball over. Yeah, so let, let's look that up real quick because yeah. uh, I believe it was against, was it Minnesota that he put up it's the nine turnovers against? Um, and he mentioned in his post game that there's sort of a creativity tax for the way that he plays, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Which is fair. With, Which with is the turnovers fair. are kind of, absolutely. The higher mm-hmm. usage guys are going to have more turnovers. And like that basically Chris forever. Paul is like the only exception to this role. Like he is a master of ball control in a way that just most lead guards are not. And that's fine because I think Chris Paul has plenty of other things that I don't particularly like about his game. So if you're going to have the ball a lot and you're going to create a lot of plays for your teammates, you're going to turn the ball over. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in this like this weird ass simulation where Russ is trying to prove that he doesn't have to turn the ball over, but simultaneously is taking away his best skill at this point. Legitimately, his best skill is creating plays for his teammates because he's an excellent yeah. passer. That mm-hmm. is the number one thing about Russell Westbrook is he's a really, really good passer. And he creates angles that like other guards don't see. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes him great. And if if he's trying to prove something about his turnover, is like he's just diminishing the best part about him. And it's this like stupid mind feud that he has with the LA media because he's claiming <laughs> that he's not being used this is Bill in like Orm's the proper fault. role. <laughs> this is Dave McMenamin's fault. Come on, Dave. <laughs> I really do believe that Russell Westbrook takes this criticism and he like internalizes it because uh, yeah. he's been telling people that he's not being used in the way that he wants to use, right? Like this is a role that is different for him and it's not like the whole let Russ be Russ thing has like, you know, reached a yeah. crescendo here. And so it's, it's so strange to me because he's like deliberately trying not to be who he wants to be. Mm-hmm. But then like, it's not a good version of a basketball player either. So right. what is so, he proving? So he had that nine turnover game. And and by the way, like it was, it was, so before the nine turnover game, you go back to December 19th against Chicago, six turnovers, the game after that, seven, the game after that, five, the game after that, three is pretty good. Three is like the perfect number. Like I, I would like I'd to go see with four. Like three turnovers. Four um, is fine and then, with me. 
And then uh, the game after that, seven, five, four, and then the nine turnover game. Since then, he's had zero, three, zero, and one turnovers. His assists, two, 13. And by the way, in the game that he had 13 assists and only three turnovers, which to me, again, is the perfect game. The Lakers beat the crap out of the Atlanta Hawks. Plus 22 uh, for us in that game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like that's, it's so, so. I've always thought so like Kobe actually said this back when Russ was like still really trying to prove himself, trying to win a, uh, an MVP. And, and, mm-hmm. and he said that like Russ is somebody who he really thinks reminds him of himself, like in terms of approach to the game and, and love of the sport and competitive nature and stuff, which is like the highest compliment that you could probably mm-hmm. get. Um, he said that I believe back in like 2000, either 2005 or 2009. Russ is probably since, nine because 2005 yeah. Russ was like not even at UCLA. All right. So it's 2009. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was he, him and Kobe and LeBron losing your high like, school. There <laughs> says where Kobe was spending his nights. <laughs> so, so 2009 was, uh, I believe pre MVP Russ, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and since Russ has won his MVP and he had this quote, you know, a few years back where, or no, this year where he was like, look, I'm going to do whatever I can. I always do whatever I can to try to make the team better. If we win a championship, cool. If not, I'm going to be fine. And he got applauded for it. And like, you know, to a certain extent, yeah, like work-life balance and yeah. <laughs> not putting that kind of pressure on yourself. Like, okay, we can applaud that. But also, that's not Kobe, you know? Like, that's not... that's not Kobe that's was not... the one who said he'd rather miss the playoffs than get all the way to the finals and lose because it was the same wasted season. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Kobe's the guy who said, like, you know, I, I prefer championships over friends because banners hang forever. You know, like mm-hmm. the, this is the that's the and and like that, you know, when the Lakers traded for Russ, there was a whole bunch of like Kobe era parent Kobe era. This is somebody that Kobe really loved. And, and I think Kobe really loved him in 2009. Kobe, if he was on this team with <laughs> with Russ, would I mean, I, I, <laughs> I shut up. We, we should take all of the. 2014 to 16 Lakers and Russ and rank them in the order that Kobe hated them. <laughs> I can't imagine Kobe would be. And like, this is, this is actually the point that I told you that I wanted to make heading into this, um, into this episode. And I'm glad that it happened kind of organically. I would love to see LeBron not passive aggressively, but aggressively get after Russ after he takes that shot that he takes with 40 you know, 50 seconds left in, 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 in regulation here. And it basically ends the game, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he holds the ball for 12 seconds and takes a three pointer that everybody in the arena knew he was going to take a possession and, where LeBron doesn't touch the ball. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> right. Right. And by the way, like this was one of the criticisms I made of, of the deal when they, when they made it, it was like, there are going to be stretches or there are going to be possessions that LeBron should always be touching the ball late in the game. And Russ isn't going to think so like Russ isn't going to think that's the case after that possession. I would love to see, cause we can only imagine what Kobe would say there. Kobe would walk over to Russ and say, what the bleep was that? What the bleep. And then after the game, he would say, no, man, we got to do better than that. You know? And, and you know, a lot is made of the reactions that LeBron will have off of the ball, right? Where his shoulders will drop or he'll be calling for the ball. And then the shot goes off. And and then he, again, he just like drops his hands and just like walks the other way with his head down. I would love for LeBron to go over to Russ and say, we can't have that. Like that is not a good shot. And, and until I think 
LeBron really does that or calls out Russ publicly, Russ isn't changing. And he might not even change after that. But we know that the passive-aggressive stuff to this point hasn't worked. And, and really Russ needs point. to be better. Who, who is holding Russ accountable, right? Because on... Yeah. We, we heard so many stories about the 1920 team, how like LeBron and AD set the tone on both ends of the floor, like because they played so hard defensively, everybody had to play that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Davis has not been the same player since then. So he is incapable of, you know, holding people accountable while he's on the bench half the time. And LeBron, that just hasn't been his MO when Russ has been here. Right. Like, yeah, I don't see him calling him out the way he does when KCP refused to take a shot. Like, you know, and he like mm-hmm. yell at him, like, those are the shots you have to take. Right. Like there hasn't been any moment like that that I can think of where he has called out Russ for doing something incorrectly. And like, there have been opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> there have most definitely been plenty of plays for LeBron to say what the bleep. Yeah. I, and like, that's, you know, and, and by the way, part of the reason why Russ probably won't get traded this year is because it would be, Everybody who was a part of that decision admitting, yeah, we screwed up on that one, right? And one of those people is LeBron. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all right, if you are unwilling to admit, whoops, <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're unwilling to, like, you know, passively admit, whoopsie-daisy, then make it work. Do whatever you have to do to make it work. And I think in this case, one of the things that he needs to do in order to make this work is, hey, Russ, what the bleep? Yeah. You know, and 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 it's the kind of thing where like if he and Russ like I, I this is I, this is, I think, part of LeBron being super brand aware, too. He understands that, like, if he and Russ at any point look at each other in a weird direction and somebody mm-hmm. catches on 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 camera whether video or or picture like that's going to be one of those things that's going to be a talking point for like the next week on Mm -hmm. the new version of the jump whatever it is um and and like if you're if you're lebron and you are as press savvy as he is and publicly savvy as he is he's really trying to avoid that 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 moment i just think it's what the lakers need i really think it's that and this is what leadership is it's not always easy no it's not there have been times where, you know, Harrison has pulled me aside and said, hey, man, you probably shouldn't scream at Cooper in the silver screen and roll slack. That's probably not <laughs> productive for anybody. And that probably wasn't very easy for Harrison to do. Um, and and yet it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to say. And, and you know, I have since watched the things that I say in the, in the silver screen and roll slack. And and then this is one of those spots where I think like with Russ, I think you really do need to kind of rein him in a little bit and say, hey, man, like this, that's not the shot that we need there. We had all the momentum and and multiple times over the course of the game, the Lakers had all the momentum in like three of those instances. Russ did something Russell Westbrook in that that just screwed over the team. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's in LeBron's best interest, even like brand wise, because think of like how good it would be for him if he turned this Lakers season around, right? Oh like yeah. How well that would reflect on LeBron James if that managed <laughs> yeah. to happen, which um, the way I'm talking, you can tell that I don't believe that's possible, but <laughs> if, if LeBron were to make it happen. John Legend, like this is, this is us singing Imagine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
COVID is running rampant and we're singing Imagine. Yeah. You know, I, uh, over the summer, I had expressed uh, some positive feelings about having like an LA icon and Russell Westbrook come back mm-hmm. and uh, someone who grew up a Laker fan coming to play for this team and how fun that was going to be. And I mean, I don't think Russ is having fun. fun. Uh, it, it is I don't not think fun. <laughs> I'm not having fun. <laughs> I I have the most fun watching the Lakers when the dear Oklahoma boys play because <laughs> that is my yeah. favorite thing about this year's Laker team. Uh, yeah, yeah. We hit on Austin Reeves a little bit earlier, but like I think his best game as a Lakers so oh, far. Yeah, yeah. He was he was wonderful. Um, he got a haircut. And some... <laughs> <laughs> the glow up was the effect. vibes are important. Like you can't if you don't look good, you don't play well. Like Kyle goes into it this the other day, right? <laughs> I hate to bring everything back to Coos, but like, you know, look good, feel good, play good. Like that's, that's a real this thing. This is why I have never been able to play good. Like <laughs> I'm incapable of looking good. Yeah. Austin was, was awesome. Um, get him as many minutes as possible, please, Frank, because there's a very clear type of player who succeeds next to LeBron James. And um, even though Austin Reeves doesn't look like an NBA player, like we've been through this for the last four years, he can play. Um, he makes the right decisions with basketball. He competes on defense. Uh, and like there were, there were so many sequences where I was like, oh yeah, Austin. Like that was awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Malik Monk. Well, making the right cut, like making, making the, the right, right cut. cut. Yeah. Knowing what a great like, pass I, to Avery Bradley on a cut too, actually. That was yeah, really good early well, in the game. And also Before Avery just gets blocked on layups just over. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the Avery Bradley experience, but like, like Austin Reeves also, I thought notably in this one shot like seven, three pointers. Oh yeah. Seven, three pointers for Austin Reeves, seven of 10 from the field. Get him off Austin. Well, that's what, but like, that's honestly kind of what the Lakers need. They mm-hmm. need him. Like I, I, he is very good at attacking closeouts and it does create other opportunities for other people. But if the opportunity you're creating is a Russell Westbrook wide open three pointer or an Avery Bradley wide open three pointer. I would rather Reeves just shoot the first one yeah, in the yeah. first place. Um, and which like, by the way, like doesn't, that's not kind of how he operates. Like that's not, he's not the kind of player who's, he'll, he was a bucket at one point, but it, I that, think that's he'll the, get more trigger happy as it goes along because you're absolutely right. Like the, the process of drive and kick doesn't make yeah. a whole lot of sense when like the next drive and kick leads to a sub 30% <laughs> three point. Right. Right. Yeah. So and Wayne I, Ellington has proven like unplayable. I mean, I mean, I, I get that he was in the game for like nine minutes today. I have no recollection of that happening other than him just airballing one three. How dare you? That is plus 12 Wayne Ellington. What happened? Was it all in that second quarter run? Yeah, it was basically. Okay. That's, that's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, I'm not sitting here and defending plus minus because it is a mm-hmm. flawed stat. Yeah, like yeah. this is one of those like clearly hilarious instances. Right, just play Wayne Ellington for 48 minutes. I think we figured out the solution. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> but but I will say though, like with Ellington, the Kings did care when he would go up to shoot. You know, they did care that he would go up and, and he would come off of a screen and they would have two defenders over there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he went over two from three point range or yeah, from three point range and, and the field. Nothing to write home about, you know, for, for, for Ellington in this one, but you know, the Lakers have been desperate for any kind of player whose very presence on the court just bends the defense. Mm-hmm. So I monk has looked as good as he has on top of being like 
Monk is Ellington, but if he made the shots, you know, and <laughs> plus Monk can actually still drive to the basket and utilize yeah. his handle at this point. Like right. Ellington and, is just and, past that point. But I, I think like this is kind of why I'm pretty invested in Ariza getting his legs underneath him because he's somebody that defenses care about getting shots up. This is why when none is healthy, mm-hmm. that's where he's going to be really valuable because again, defenses like I, I remember like it was my favorite moments playing basketball was you walk up the court, you touch the ball and the other coach is screaming, shooter, shooter, shooter. And it like, I was just like, you can think that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, but like for, for like, you could see the effect that Ellington has on the defense around him. You can see the effect that a reason eventually none will have around him. And this is one of those things that Reeves getting seven, three pointers up. I don't think it's going to happen this year because defenses tend to take a little while to actually adjust. But if they don't adjust and he shoots seven three pointers and he knocks down three or four of them, then that's an that's a really really good game for a a player that the Lakers don't really have another version of. Yeah, there was one sequence where um, I forget who initiated the driving kick, but there were three Lakers shooters standing within like like 12 feet of each other. Like it was mm-hmm. one on the corner, one like barely <laughs> at the break line and one like on the wing. And it was Westbrook Bradley and a third guy. And I was just like, this is the stupidest idea of spacing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, when Hold I on. back, Dale is in charge 20, of all of this, Sabrina. 22 Lakers, this is the picture that I am going to remember. <laughs> it's uh, like, oh man, what was that old dating show that, oh man, what was that called? where the person would be sitting there on the on the stool and they couldn't see the three contestants and they would ask the questions yeah, Gosh, yeah. there's so there's like they're, match game no no that's something else, no, that's something else. Um, no, it was like uh man oh, there are people oh, sitting no, no. i know what you're talking about zoe Deschanel hosts a new version of this oh really all right yeah, i'm gonna yeah. watch that but but like um, there are people sitting in the car right now screaming at like at me for whatever that is called. is it literally just called the dating game <laughs> I, is it? Yeah, I think it's just called the dating game. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Those of you who are screaming, I apologize. But like, whoever was driving to the basket was like, behind door number one. <laughs> it's like literally three doors that you could throw the ball to. <laughs> and, and, and Reeves was the right call. I think there are some positives to take away from this. Like, I think Reeves has to start. I, I like we have reached that point, at least until none and or uh, AD come back. I think Reeves has to start. I think, you know, Bradley is regressing to the mean mm-hmm. as a shooter. You know, he was plus 40%, I think, to this point. Right. Unlimited attempts, but but still like 0 of 4 from, from uh, three-point range, 2 of 9 from the field tonight. Uh, and, and again, like we keep on saying like Avery Bradley, perimeter stopper, De'Aaron Fox goes for 29 tonight. John Morant just rips him to shreds on both sides of the ball the other night. Like it's just, it's just like player after player after player after player is just looking at Avery Bradley and seeing an actual barbecued chicken that is sitting there at the top of the key waiting for them as they cross that court. Um, To be fair, two years ago when Avery Bradley was on the Lakers um, right before the hiatus, we had this back to back against Memphis and New Orleans and Avery was excellent. Against yeah. John Ranch. Absolutely excellent. Yeah. That, so if that that's Frank Vogel's frame of reference, <laughs> clearly, I don't even need to say if that is Frank Vogel's frame of reference. Yes. <laughs> so that's what we're going on. 
So I, I think I think Bradley's role needs to be kind of and, and like, by the way, it is going to be mm-hmm. like it, it has to be when none comes in. It's absolutely yeah. diminished. Yeah. It has to be diminished because it's between him basically and Reeves. And I think Reeves just being like an inch or two taller makes him a more valuable player. Mm-hmm. And again, better somebody shooter, yeah. who can shoot uh, is is important. And somebody who like lives up to his defensive reputation because he doesn't have a defensive reputation. (laughs) They attack him all the time. (laughs) And he does like, uh, like there were, there were a couple of possessions where, you know, he would try to stay in front of, I think he actually fell over tonight because of uh, Davion uh, Mitchell. Yeah. Mitchell got Uh, him. Yeah. Yeah. But, but other than like, you know, and there are a couple other possessions that he gets knocked off of his spot because he weighs half as much as I do, Mm -hmm. but, but, (laughs) Like I, but, but for the most to be part, fair, like, I said, mm-hmm, before I knew how you're going to finish that sentence. So. <laughs> it was just a gut reflex. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> gut, gut reflex. Huh? <laughs> that was deliberate. I'll give you that. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think Bradley's role has to diminish and, and like until further notice, shouldn't Russ's like, should, yeah. It should, right? Politically speaking, it won't, but it probably should. Like he should, he played 37 minutes tonight. I don't know that he needs to play more than 30 minutes. I don't, I really don't, especially when AD is averaging back. 32 minutes. I feel like we should just set the bar there for us. I right. Yeah. If he goes above 30, like what is he doing playing 37 minutes on a night? He goes two of 14 from the floor. Like you play 30, you play above your average. If you clearly have it going, but he didn't, you know, and and, and like, it's just the the missed layups just kill me. No, but yeah, I he missed four shots directly at the rim today, and another that was like basically right outside the charge circle. Um, mm-hmm. And on on none of them did I think like, oh, this is a good possession for the Lakers. <laughs> like <laughs> the the lack of touch is is astounding. But I I don't. I don't want to talk about Russ from the, anymore from in the key from, uh, in, from in the pink tonight because we've uh, sufficiently, I think, exhausted the Russell Westbrook discussion for for today, I would say. Also, like my lawyers will be in touch sure, because sure. Harrison and I had the last conversation anybody has to have about Russ. Right, right. That is correct. Um, ben Rosales will be reaching out yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes or so. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good name to pull up. Um, but just <laughs> I do want to have one little conversation before we head out here, just the Lakers have been playing small, right. With LeBron James at center. Um, it had been Stanley Johnson for a little while at that four. Trevor Ariza got the start today. I understand that because Ariza needs to get his legs underneath him. Cause he, he looks yeah. terrible. Um, but he had a couple of nice defensive possessions today, but like, it's, it's still a ways away from me. You with Ariza. still hear him getting off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We mm-hmm. don't want that. Uh, I don't, really like the small lineup um i'm kind of Mm. it's it's really strange to me that the lakers played traditional pick and roll defense with the small lineup and then dwight got in and they started switching things (laughs) and then like we're forced into situations where oh dwight's on the perimeter on tyrese halliburton let's send a double and then compromise the rest of our backside rotations Uh, right which i realize is not necessarily a problem with the small lineup just how it's being implemented but for many reasons i am like eager for Anthony Davis to get back, but most of all, just to slide LeBron back to the four, because this defense the Lakers are playing or literally not playing is, is unsustainable. Like the amount of dribble penetration they 
allowed today was absurd. And yeah. it's, it's a pattern, right? Like the only reason they've been getting away with it is because they beat a bunch of really bad teams. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do yeah. you, do you like this one lineup? I mean, am I just, well, no, this is, this was, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned this because so sometimes team will go to zone mm-hmm. in, in over the course of a game, just for the sake of like breaking a team's rhythm. Yeah. yeah. And they'll go to it. They'll go to it. They'll go to it. And the whole time they're in it, the, the their fans will be saying like the smart fans will be saying like, all right, this is working, but you know, you don't want to stay in it like a, a possession or two longer than you have to, because mm-hmm. those two possessions are going to be brutal. Two one or threes and you're done. <laughs> yeah. Then, then like all of the, all of the progress that you made by throwing them off of their rhythm has just mm-hmm. been squandered by the two wide open threes that were mm-hmm. created by an NBA team realizing, Oh yeah, that's right. All yeah. we have to do is put somebody at the free throw line and this zone is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for, for this small ball lineup, and I'm glad that you mentioned that they were beating bad teams. Like, I understand why the Lakers would want to shift their identity because it means less DeAndre Jordan. And it means, you know, LeBron gets to really take full advantage of what he is really good at, which is picking apart defenses that are uh, spread super thin. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Lakers don't have big enough shooters. Like they have in terms of sheer number of shooters, you know, you have, you have a, a, a decent number of shooters, that you could have on the court at the same time. The problem is they're all like six, four and under, right. You know, and, and, uh, and that's where the Lakers really kind of get in trouble is that like you go small and if you want to be big at all, and it hurts that Melo didn't play tonight, but again, like it should it really hurt that Carmelo Anthony I mean, didn't they, play. They closed with a lineup that had Austin Reeves at power forward today. Yeah. And that's and rough. It's too small. And, and, and I think, I think, they have to go too small because all of their shooters are super duper small. Mm-hmm. And, and especially until Trevor actually gets his legs underneath him, which like might not happen. Like he, he's old. He's yeah. 36 years old. He, he was on the 2009 Lakers championship. Yeah, like, and, 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 and like, that's why, by the way, it's really important that they maybe trade for a wing because if you trade for a Jeremy Grant, or if you trade for, Lakers played against Harrison Barnes tonight. If you trade for any of these wings, hell, that can, I am like hoping for Robert Covington at this point. Yeah. Any if you trade for any of these wings, and by the way, the Covington THT swap, like as a foundational, like kind of trade, makes a lot of sense for I think Portland because I think they're heading towards a rebuild anyway. And here's mm-hmm. a young player. Covington hasn't been good this year. So the Lakers get a buy low candidate for a buy low send out player. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but like for, for, you know, the Lakers, because their shooters are all so small, they have to go like hyper small, you know, and it's like space balls where, you know, they, they go into hyper speed and then the other, the bad guys go into like hyper diaper speed and they go like right past them and they, they, they look over the top of themselves and it's like, holy crap, they went plaid, you know, and and it's just like the Lakers have to go that far in that direction because they really don't have any other options to be able to take advantage of why you go small in the first place. And, and it, like, this is, this is why I thought it was kind of fool's goldy, not fully fool's gold. Cause I do think there's something to, to be found there, but it felt kind of fool's gold ish to say like, 
oh man, the Lakers went, they won what four out of five or five out of six or five out of seven, man, look at them go against Sacramento, Minnesota and Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go Lakers. You know, they beat the Atlanta Hawks who are about to have a fire sale, you know, and, and, and it's got a couple uh, wings out of the Hawks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Some Hawk wings. I wonder if Hawk wings taste good, but like, um, I think, I think you're on to something in saying that they do need to, cause they won a championship being, being bigger, stronger, faster than everybody. Like they, they did that two seasons ago, less than two years ago. And I'm sorry, but some like five game stretch against bad teams, it's going to make me think like this, that's a, that's an identity that the Lakers should scrap. Not when you're, small lineups could be Anthony freaking Davis and LeBron freaking James at the five and four. All you need is like two different, two, two decent wings and a point guard who isn't Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that uh, composition of the lineup work within like 13 months at this recording. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I I understand like, again, the reason why the Lakers have gone small makes perfectly sense to me because you don't, want to play DeAndre Jordan. You don't want to play Dwight Howard more than like 15 or 18 minutes a game. I get all that. I just think that if you're going to play small, you have to do the small lineup things. Like you can't play traditional like drop coverage and like, you know, just allow guards to the rim and make LeBron this, uh, yeah, this rim protector, which like on the one hand, they need to conserve LeBron. And that's why they're playing this kind of defense that he doesn't have to roam the perimeter as much, but like when, when the help is your, your power forward of Trevor Reza or your small forward of Malik Monk, like things are going to go badly and they have been going badly. Um, yeah. And I just think that if you're going to play small, you, you have to lean into all of the small, like the reason the Houston Rockets were successful when they went small. And that was, you know, again, just like a second round team, which maybe would have been different had like Westbrook and Harden not gotten COVID right before the bubble, whatever. But mm-hmm. Like the reason it worked is because they successfully denied penetration because they actively switched everything. Like the Lakers don't really deny anything. They let you get right to the rim every single time. So unless all of the players on the opposing team finish like Russell Westbrook does, like it's a bad recipe and recipe. Yeah, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Uh, I just, I don't like the style of it. Um, I realize the Lakers have to lean into playing more offensively minded. I just, wish there was a way to preserve some of their defensive principles. I'm sure like Frank stays up at night thinking about these things because <laughs> this is clearly not the way that he wants to play. Um, yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not good. Um, like you're going to get nights when Monk is uh, unconscious and like, it's fine. You can paper over some things, but at this point, like the only way the Lakers can win is if LeBron is Herculean. And yeah. we saw today where he scored 34 points and like, he was, he wasn't even Hercule. I, I don't even think this is like LeBron at, at his best. Like this is this is like a normal LeBron James game. Okay. <laughs> like we need more from LeBron. Like that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it's not even you need good LeBron. You need incredible LeBron. And yeah, LeBron no, was just like no, very good today. Uh-huh. Um, and that wasn't enough against like let's repeat this against a Sacramento team that had lost five in a row. Did not have Rashawn Holmes. So like what what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like this is this is a game that the Lakers think- should have won. Um, I mean, they started Marvin Bagley and Jamezi Matu, and like they didn't even have Damian Jones. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh man, I gosh, how did I forget that? Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? 
all of those flubbed finishes around the rim for Matu and Bagley, they would not have happened had Damian no. Jones been in the game. Yeah. 90% field goal shooter on the Lakers. Just what, what a legend. What a legend. <laughs> he and Reeves should have their statues go up simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so like to, the other the other thing too is like, again, this is where Russ isn't the problem. Like Russ isn't the problem. Well, I, look, I do contend he is the problem with the Lakers, but but, it, but the like acquisition of Russ is the problem, not like his person. You know. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. that's fairer. But if you're going small and Russ is a key cog in those small ball lineups, again, you aren't benefiting unless you have three other just surefire knockdown shooters. Mm-hmm. Russ isn't going to help you. Like he's, he's not going to benefit from the spacing that you would get from going super small. And that's where having only combo guards basically who can shoot and your wings are Stanley Johnson, who was on the South Bay Lakers earlier this year and Trevor Ariza, who Taylor Norton Tucker is, I guess what they consider a wing. And Taylor like like, shot well tonight, Did you know, like he, well, no, he, I thought, (laughs) I don't remember him shooting well. I remember him getting set up for a straight ahead three and it did not go well. Talon, why did I think that he shot better? Well, to be fair, four of nine for Talon is shooting better. Yeah, that's true. But but I thought he shot better from three-point range. Like I thought I had seen a graphic over the course of the game that that he was like three of three. But anyway, but only 19 minutes from Talon Horton Tucker. That's yeah. interesting. Like that's wild. That like this is that's their fourth highest paid player third highest active player yeah uh but anyway so i i, I think man i think rob palinka kind of sort of has to get fired <laughs> this is just a yeah. disastrous offseason but but um like because i have people in my in my mention saying oh whatever it's just a they'll just kick the can this season happened they'll just write it off and and reset how are you gonna reset like <laughs> We saw what Rob Polinka did with like a good roster and flexibility. <laughs> this is a bad roster and no flexibility. We think he's saving this. But also, anyway, does, but like, like, does LeBron oh, James say okay to just punting away a season? Like, I know that we did that in 2018 19, but LeBron had suffered the first serious injury, major. I would say, of his professional career. Yeah. And so that mm-hmm. was a different situation where the Lakers still went hard at Anthony Davis at that trade deadline, but there was some leeway in terms of. We don't need to go all out this year because LeBron is unsure yeah. he'll be able to perform. And he Other also clearly that, had more in the tank. Like he yeah. clearly, like he knew back then, but at 37, right? Like he has to be thinking, guys, come on. When LeBron was 30 in Cleveland, he made them give up everything. Like yeah. that first year that he was in Cleveland, in comes J.R. Smith, in comes uh, Iman Shumpert and Timothy Mozgov. And what a name um but (laughs) lebron does not waste time like every deadline something happens so to think that like the lakers could just punt away the season and not try to do anything like i I don't know i mean i guess rob palinka's lawyers are going to call us after this because we're calling for his firing one too many times but uh i mean something's got it yeah it's just insane how little flexibility the lakers have like i know you brought this up last year about how how well positioned they were after winning the title that they had all of these decent role players. Like not, not yeah. great. Like none of them were ever being confused for like all-star, you know, yeah. but 
decent role players on, on good contracts. value contracts. Like mm-hmm. maybe Danny Green was the only one who was slightly overpaid. And that was only because we um, had to make him wait after the Kawhi thing was decided, right? Mm-hmm. To go from that to like no trade assets, <laughs> no picks, <laughs> and the worst contract in the NBA is, you know, John Wall, give or take. But like, what a position to be in. Yeah, I, I, 13 months. It's one of those spots where, sorry, 15, I keep counting wrong, 15 months. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where you ask yourself, if the Lakers were tanking, how different would it look? (laughs) Well, maybe they'd have their first round pick. (laughs) It wouldn't be the hands of, you know, Keith Parrish's Memphis Grizzlies. Who is, how old is Bronny? Bronny is a junior in high school. So, okay. So 2027 is, is too far down the road. So they wouldn't already be tanking for Bronny now. No. But, <laughs> but yeah, if you were to, if the Lakers were trying to, to just bungle everything. And by the way, like I, I didn't hate last year's uh, off season. Like I didn't, I didn't hate the the Schroeder acquisition. I, I thought that I was the only Danny, one that <laughs> and you were right, by the way, but like I thought Danny would be a diminished player, which like mm-hmm. you know, clearly yeah. he is. Like if he was on the Lakers right now, we'd be saying shit. Yeah. What can they get for Danny <laughs> a, Green? A lot of Wayne Ellington type comments about Danny Green coming up. Right. <laughs> so so I, I I but still like I didn't like the Trez signing. I would have preferred Ibaka, but Ibaka hasn't been good either in, nah. in, with the Clippers. Um, and, you know, this year I would have preferred Rudy Gay over Kendrick Nunn. Nunn. But even Rudy missed a chunk of the start of the season and hasn't exactly lit the world on fire since. Uh, and and so, like, even if you go, like, tra- uh, transaction by transaction, there are defenses of the moves that the Lakers have made. The only one I don't think there's a defensive right now is Russell Westbrook. And it just so happens that that's the biggest acquisition that you're going to make because that's was always going to be the biggest acquisition yeah. that you were going to make because he makes the gross domestic domestic gross domestic whoa, product of like a half product. countries they, around the world. Yeah. yeah like He's like, they, they traded for Uzbekistan, yeah. you know, like it's just, it's just like they, and, and, you know, for, for poor Russ, that's the expectation. And that's, that's the point that I keep on coming back to is, you know, the expectation when you trade for Russ is that like now, now the expectation for Russ from Lakers fans is like, just don't bleep up. Just don't actively hurt us. Like that's all we're asking. And even if he doesn't actively hurt the Lakers, like Darius made this point up the other day on, on Twitter, where like, even if Russ isn't actively hurting the Lakers, isn't turning the ball over and all of those things, you do still need from $44 million on your cap sheet, more than like seven points. You know, you need, you need better shooting than well, two the good thing 14. is he had eight today. Anthony. <laughs> I mean that <laughs> I got to <laughs> shut up now, you know? <laughs> so like, I, and, and like, this is, I think I, I think it is it does get kind of ridiculous with Russ in 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 
the sense of like, I think he is one of the Hall of Fame, like the all timers who gets the most scrutiny in in NBA history. Where if he played, I I, I forget who I talked to this about, but if if Russell Westbrook played in like the '90s, we would look at him, you know, pre analytics and and pre scrutiny, where like we all have access to instant highlights and all mm-hmm. of these things. Like I think he would go down as one of the more popular players in NBA history. Problem is he play he's playing right now in 2022, and and we do have access to all of this information, and we do know that like a player like Russell Westbrook cannot be making 44 million dollars on a title contender. Like you that those two things are mutually exclusive. Russell Westbrook cannot be paid the way that he's playing and have that team have title aspirations. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine from college the other day about, I mean, Russ was good at some point, right? Like there was a version of Russell Westbrook that we would, would oh, have man. liked he's to one have of my favorite, like, on this Laker team. Yeah, he's one of my favorite watches ever. Yeah. Like uh, I, I was thinking about the, the 2016 Western Conference Finals. Obviously, like Oklahoma City did not win that series, but they yeah. came so much closer than one might have thought. And like Russell Westbrook is the one who had a game winner in that first game. And right. Like he created meaningful problems for Stephen Curry, just yeah. like with his size and his activity on offense. And like, granted, that was six years ago, so it's it's not like the Avery Bradley timeline that I can compare him to. But <laughs> well, but but like, I just hope that like this last act, which I mean, I don't even know if it's the last act. Russ is not that old, but like, I don't know. I, how like, many I'm already like editorializing his career, but. Um, <laughs> There were so many good parts of Russell Westbrook and I realize it's been a while and the game has changed a little bit and he, you know, was always a tough fit next to another superstar. Um, and unfortunately the Lakers have a superstar who does not fit next to him. Like, I think yeah. we can shut the book on that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what superstar Russ fits next to. Like Jokic. Chef. Maybe Jokic, but Russ wants the ball. Like this is a problem. Yes, yeah. It's not. It's not just. I was gonna that, say cat, but cat's not a superstar. He's just a star. Yeah. Like the the issue is, and by the way, I would totally go for a D'Angelo Russell Russell Westbrook trade. But like, who said that? I didn't say that. I've been saying um, it for years. <laughs> <laughs> it just was the other way around before. <laughs> but, but so, like, the the problem with Russ isn't just that you know he's at he, he's at a he's a diminished player he doesn't believe that he's a diminished player. He refuses to acknowledge I can't dunk anymore. Like all of those. And maybe he kind of sort of has like where, where he's not trying to dunk as much anymore, but like he still isn't finishing at the rim. You know, yeah, it's, uh, was he one of five again tonight Yeah, from, from, from inside the yeah. paint? Um, and, and, you know, this is, this is somebody who, wants the ball down the stretch and and he shouldn't want the ball down the stretch he can't have the ball down the st- any possession like every sacramento fan i would imagine and i can i can distinctly remember feeling this way in the opposite direction where like anytime duck doug christie had the ball in those series against the <laughs> lakers i was so ecstatic i was like oh hell yeah this is a stop let's go get ready to run guys because this guy's airballing it and and I think like that's that was basically the possessions that Russ had tonight against Sacramento, where Sacramento fans are watching him with the ball in that left wing, and they're going, "All right, <laughs> let's go." 
<laughs> How the turns have tabled you, MFers. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've gotten our mandated Sacramento Kings bashing out of this, yeah, out of the way, better now. Um, we have gone on for about an hour about how depressing this was, and we've we've barely even touched on this I game. To be perfectly to talk honest, like twenty minutes. <laughs> the majority of this is not even covered tonight's game. Like it's just. <laughs> but this is this is the type of reaction that Russell Westbrook has engendered for basically his entire NBA career. And unfortunately, uh, he's no longer in Oklahoma City. He's in Los Angeles. And that means that he has podcasters like you and I who talk about him every single day of the week. So this <laughs> is what he signed up for. Because again, let's be very clear. He agreed to this trade to the Lakers. Yeah. He wanted to be Pushed here. He it. knew who was going to be on the team. It was a bad idea then. It has played out basically... No better or worse than I think anyone expected. Like, I don't think this is worst case scenario. You know, the Lakers are still 500. They're still in playoff contention or whatever. Like a couple more wins are back up at the six seed, but it obviously has not gone as well as some of the most uh, ambitious people would have hoped for. And Russell Westbrook is no like Vince Carter, right? He's not setting his star ambitions aside as he ages and no. like, deferring to anybody no, else. Yeah. Like now he is, he's Russell Westbrook through and through. This is who he is. It's it's not a very good fit. It was not a very good fit tonight when they played the Sacramento Kings. And God, I wish I had more optimism for what is to come, but the Lakers are about to go on a Grammy trip. And like, okay, the Grammys are not happening at the same time, which is just a yeah. delightful moniker for this trip. The schedule is about to get hard. Like this is always yeah. when the Lakers schedule gets hard, when football stops and they're like, oh, the best draw on television now, Lakers games. Let's make sure they play all of the good teams. <laughs> yeah. This is the part of the season we were entering. And Russell Westbrook is not exactly the guy who elevates his game against better teams. He's always the one who pads his stats against the bad teams. Mm -hmm. And then you forgive him against the other teams because he has banked you wins. Mm-hmm. The Lakers have not banked wins. We're not in that position. Nope. So 21 and 21 things could get ugly and I'm just bracing myself for that possibility. Oh my God. What are you looking at? Um, so apparently the Kings arena at the end of the game said the ice cold player of the game was Russell Westbrook. That is a true statement. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You don't often see that. These are the kind of things you can do when a player is not returning to your arena for the rest of the season. Good Lord. So I, you know, like you mentioned, you know, Lakers haven't banked wins. So uh, our friend, Eric Steven, true blue LA uh, SB nation uh, tweeted, the Lakers have been two and two, three and three, five and five, eight and eight, nine and nine, 10 and 10, 11 and 11. 12 and 12, 13 and 13, 16 and 16, 19 and 19, and are now 21 and 21. This is a mediocre team, everybody. It is like, average. Is, it is an this average is a, team. This is, like, I, I root for Kirk Cousins. I know mediocrity when I see it, and this is freaking mediocrity. So unless something seriously changes, and, like, by the way, so the, the Vikings, by the way, this year fired their GM, mm -hmm. fired their coach, probably going to trade Kirk Cousins, probably going to trade Adam Thielen and just start this rebuild or whatever. And I'm really excited about it because I don't have to sign up for mediocrity anymore. And that's why like I'm, I'm at that stage or I'm pretty damn close to that stage with Russell Westbrook where I'm like, just get rid of him, And it might make the team 
less talented in the short term or something. Yeah, yeah but but i don't have to watch this anymore and that's i'm probably like eight out of ten of the steps there yeah i mean b- before you said the vikings i was gonna say this is a classic north turner eight and eight season <laughs> like just <laughs> completely you're a Chargers fan <laughs> exactly one of the top three worst decisions of my life was choosing to be a chargers fan oh it, it's it's like Vikings it's, is my dad still says to this day the fu- the the funniest day is hit of his fatherhood was when I told him I was a Vikings fan. <laughs> like, my dad my routinely I, just clowns on me when the Chargers yeah. are playing because he is a Rams fan. <laughs> oh, and okay. yeah, my like, dad is too. It's not like great shakes or anything to be a Rams fan, but it's just better like, than Chargers and better Vikings. than being a Charger. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my dad has actually been an incredible father. I love my dad a ton. But he's a tr- he's a monster for letting me make that decision. He's an <laughs> awful, awful human being for saying, "Oh yeah, go ahead. I need this perennial joke <laughs> forever." <laughs> well, now but, you know that's something that you won't let Avery do. So, yeah. On that no, note, I actually have been teaching her. Oh school. no, 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 no. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. You gotta stop. It's, you gotta stop the frozen rewatches, Kay. Clear all <laughs> Norse Viking imagery away from the house. I'm playing AC Valhalla right now. Save Jeez. your daughter. <laughs> we cannot force the next generations to bear our sins. It cannot happen. She's she it's so adorable when she says Skaldo. No. Like no, it's no, so no. adorable. You're gonna regret it and she's gonna I, tell these stories about you. She's gonna hop on my show that she inherits or something like that because I've screamed about nepotism my entire career, and then I'm just gonna hand over the keys to my child. To be fair, it's gonna she's, happen in like seven years. <laughs> she's gonna hop on and say she hates her daddy because daddy told her to do skull when she was two years old. Oh man, man. On that note, the things that Russell Westbrook leads us to. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the Lakers are 21 and 21 at 500 for the 13th time this season. When mm. will they get back there? Probably in two games. Two games. So <laughs> yeah. make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast so you can listen to us when that happens. And we'll be back next Wednesday. <laughs> Get, 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 get